Welcome to the Surly Horns Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 14, and we have got a crazy show for you today. We have guests galore, including Durka and Slorch. So, without uh, any further ado, let's talk about the Chris Beard hire. That's what everybody wants to hear from. We've got our, our resident Texas Tech fan, which we love you, Slorch. I know that you know everything there is to know about Chris Beard because you were super excited whenever he was hired at Tech. Because you had to feel the same way that I did whenever I wanted to, like, run through a wall, but not just, like, straight face on. Like, I wanted to turn sideways and, like, show my boner through the brick wall. <laughs> I wanted to buck yeah. fuck the wall. I wanted to buck <laughs> fuck the wall. <laughs> so tell, walk us through your feelings when, when he first got hired at Tech, and then we'll compare, essentially, how we felt when he got hired at Texas. Well, you got to remember, it was a little bit tricky because he had signed with UNLV and he did the quick okie doke and came to Lubbock and gave the famous, uh, I'm coming home because that's home called and that's where I'm going. But having a uh, having a, a Bobby Knight disciple and someone who trained under him was, was promising. Obviously, we didn't know what kind of results he was going to bring, but what he did at uh, Arkansas Little Rock and uh, getting them in the, in the tournament, I mean, he had a uh, record of success, although limited. We had no idea that was going to happen, that the past five years was going to happen, but there was definitely optimism. So it was like a, it was like a cautious optimism where it's like, this guy knows tech, he knows the culture, he can come in and, and do the things that he needs to do, and we'll see where that takes us. And then the obvious happened now that we've got you know, we stole your fucking corch. <laughs> but also remember the first year he didn't, I mean, it wasn't immediate success. So he didn't, they didn't make the tournament the first year. It was distinctly different than what Texas fans felt, right? I mean, when, when he got hired at Texas, he's, he's arguably one of the hottest coaches in, in the United States, but not sure. the way that Shaka Smart was, right? Yeah. Shaka was also hot, but Shaka... He actually has skins on the wall. Yeah. 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 Instead of just one miracle Final Four run that they shouldn't have even been in the tournament, as Durka told us. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it turns out this guy's actually fucking legitimate instead of just being some flash-in-the-pan guy like, uh, I don't know, Tom Herman and Shaka Smart. It's nice. So let's get into some of the Beard stuff and his style of coaching. Do you think that his style evolved? And this is a question for Durka first because... Uh, we want to get you involved here. Do you think that he's grown as a coach from watching him when he was at Texas Tech? And then, you know, he's obviously going to come to Texas. He's been putting together an insane transfer roster. Yeah, and staff. I mean, his staff fucks. <laughs> that's, that's, sure. that's the number one thing for me is his staff. He went out and got <clears> – <throat> 
you compare, okay, so here's the staff that Shaka brought along with him. He brought along his buddy, Mike Morrell, who was 33 years old, and his only coaching experience was under Shaka. He bought David Kaysan, who'd spent 22 years as an assistant and had been a part of schools that made the tourney six times in 22 years. And that dude got fired a year later. And he brought in Darren Horn, which I actually thought he had previous head coaching experience. Um, he had taken Dayton to the Sweet 16. He had been a head coach at South Carolina. Uh, and Darren Horn did good things with our bigs. And then, obviously, a year later, Jay Lucas, a 28-year-old with zero coaching experience of any kind, was brought in. You compare that to Beard bringing in former UT guys and head coaches, Chris Ogden and Rodney Terry, bringing his number one recruiter with him from Tech, uh, Ulrich Malagy, and then going and poaching uh, Jarrett's Howard. The Howard is huge. The Howard is that Howard. That Howard. You cannot understate the 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 how big the Howard get is because, and this is what our fans will learn. And I actually uh, do plan on posting some videos here tonight. Jarrett's Howard, you, when you when you meet him, when you see him on video, when you see him interacting with his players. It's immediately apparent why everyone loves him, why recruits love him. He's a very affable guy. He's a talented guy. He can sing a little bit, play some instruments. He keeps you <laughs> He's a well-rounded individual. So we hired Stevie Wonder. Hopefully he's not blind when it comes to coaching. So. <laughs> well, actually, Stevie Wonder, I don't believe Stevie Wonder's blind, but that's conspiracy theory for another day. <laughs> that's a whole but, fucking other podcast. We cannot get into Stevie Wonder blind. assistants that Chris Beard has brought in are the number one reason I'm excited, and they're the number one reason – for me, that I see us having a pretty high floor moving forward because all of these guys have track records of either recruiting or developing talent. All right, so back to the question. Do you think Chris Beard got better at coaching? <laughs> while he was I, I do, and I, then I think he's a star, and I think he's he's been on a sort of linear ascension where when you go back to his days um, before he was at D1 through Arkansas Little Rock, and let me go to the notes here, for example. Arkansas Little Rock, the year before he got there in 2014, they were their record was 13-18, and 18, and they were number 285 in Ken Palm. He's there one year. They go 30 and five. They're number 56 in Ken Palm. They go to the tournament. Excuse me, in one year, their adjusted offense went from 171 to 98. So he had a top 100 offense, uh, adjusted offense at Little Rock. And their adjusted D went from 288, 288 to 33. So this is a rising star. And all he did at Tech, his first year at Tech, they finished 41 in Ken Palm. After that, 11, 5, 21, and 17. And this is with Tech constantly dealing with roster turnover. I think he's going to have less of that roster turnover at UT. And I think we just nabbed a rising star who potentially legitimately really could be here longer than Barnes was. He could be an institution at Texas, and we're getting him we're getting in the door. We're, we're, we're getting in on the front floor of something that I think could be huge. Yeah, I think, that, well, uh, just to, to go with your point, too, I think it's fucking crazy that, I mean, you, you're considering him a rising star when, I mean, if you really think about it, guys are already a star. I mean, what is, what, where is, I mean, if he can rise anymore, we're talking about Coach K type shit. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know that the question was how hard can we suck Coach Beard's <laughs> Let's get, uh, let's, let's come back to earth and get Slorch's take yeah. on, kind of the progress that Chris Beard made right as a coach 
through that Division Two into Division One, and then now coming into to Texas. Do you think that Texas right now, and especially its fans, are a little bit overhyped on what Chris Beard and what his toolkit is and what he's bringing to the table as a coach? I think some of the expectations, you know, obviously they're hey, we're going to the we're going to the Final Four no matter what. We got all the everything is aligned, and it's the sum of all fears for our opponents. The roster churn, I think Beard, without talking about it a whole lot and addressing it openly, his actions and the way he has coached, he he's kind of embraced the roster churn. And we're going to go get the transfers that fit our program. The last th- three years, for sure, without the transfers he's gotten, Tech doesn't, they, their defense doesn't dominate. Mooney and Owens in the championship run, their production on the defensive end was huge. And then uh, even last year with Clark. And then this year with, uh, you know, every every UT fan's favorite. No. We're not and discussing it. Not on this podcaster. Yeah. yeah, that's profanity. But, we say a lot of uh, profanities, but when we do not talk about. But I just, uh, I don't think the roster churn is going to affect him the way that it has in the past. You know, I. I love the, the basketball from back in the 80s and early 90s when we got to watch players for three and four years at a school. Last year, we had Jamias Ramsey, and he's in the pros now. And that that's part of Beard's recruiting legacy and a selling point that when you look at somebody like Zaire Smith, Jarrett Culver was a three-star, and those guys are in the NBA right now. And then Jamias Ramsey, and then he's got guys that that are going to keep going in the pros. He's not afraid to go international. Davide Moretti was a big Ooh. part of uh, our success. Yeah. He's not, he's whiffed on some of the, like he's tried to go for like some seven footers and some bigs uh, that didn't work out. But all that really does is it proves you can't be just cause you're seven foot tall. Doesn't mean you're going to be successful. Um, but part of his offense. It does mean you have a big dick though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Even if you have a small dick, relatively, yeah. it's still pretty. Yao Ming's got a fucking hog. <laughs> the way he coaches the offense, it's positionless, and that has also been appealing to some of the recruits, or that's the word on the street, um, that they can fit in no matter what. How has he adjusted? I don't know. You're going to get a tenacious, gritty, in-your-face coach, but he's. I liked his style because he didn't like have to prove it to the world. He just did what Chris Beard believed was right for the program, and he had everybody on that sideline bought in. He's had a couple high-profile recruits uh, leave the program. Uh, Kayvon Moore uh, was one of the highest-rated recruits Tech had ever had, and now he went to Clemson, and I had to verify the school he's at. It's like South Carolina Upstate. I mean, it's a very small school. So um, directional, but, he, but not before. That's that's post directional. Post directional. Yes. <laughs> Everybody's probably aware. Namari Burnett uh, uh, defected during the middle of the season. Um, he wasn't a fan of Beard's style, and now he's at Alabama. So we're going to see if he responds to Oates a little bit different. And that's a very successful program. And um, they're definitely on the map with the run that they made this year. So you talked. You've talked quite a bit about transfers. So not only did we steal your fucking coach, but we stole a lot of your fucking players too. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about who's come to Texas so far 
Um, who do you expect to come to Texas and what do you expect we can kind of get out of them? Out of tech. Yeah. All the, all the, all the, all the tech guys that are transferring over in the, in the portal that are expected to transfer over. So did they just change before you answer that? Did they, I'm stupid. Did they change the portal rule this year to where no sit? For a year, for everyone, yes. yeah. yeah, pretty yeah. much everyone, yeah, yeah. As long as they, yeah, even as long as, it doesn't. I think matter. there are a couple like recruits you have to let out of their NLI, which I know with Tyson they let him out of his NLI. Um, but yeah, I think now you can just transfer portal and you're you're balling the next year. And they did that because of the NBA pressure, probably. Okay, yeah, probably some G League shit. All right, back to you, Slorch. On, but like like Edwards committed to U of H today, so he's not coming to Austin. PV went to TCU, which really surprised me. It didn't surprise everybody, but I thought he was going to UT for yeah. sure. Really, your buddy was the last one kind of out there. I don't know. I I felt like Big 12 defenses kind of solved the puzzle on him or solved the riddle on him and just beat the crap out of him. And they got physical with him. And that when he said he was entering the draft, I was like, there's no way an, an NBA team is going to draft him. There's He's too inconsistent on his shot. And then his body is not an NBA body. Not yet anyway, but I don't think there's going to be a, a lot more. What about Tyreek Smith? Isn't he in the portal now? Tyreek Smith is in the portal. Um, he's, he's, he showed glimpses. Um, he is very long. He's like six ten, I believe he's very in, inconsistent on his shot and his defense. What, you know, usually if guys like that are maybe not the best scorer than they provided on the other yeah, end. And he people. really didn't do it. He's <laughs> being like big. No, no, no. Who wants to suck the thumbo? <laughs> like someone posted in the thread, there's like 1,900 transfers or 1,900 athletes in the portal. The shopping is wide I open. I saw that today that uh, <clears throat> of all of the D1 schools, there's 347 of them. Only three up to today have not had a, someone transfer. Uh, sent, uh, UCLA, Alabama, and uh, it was another team that went uh, – Gonzaga, I think. Those are the only three D1 schools that have not had players enter the transfer portal. Wow. That's so, actually crazy. That is wild. Dirk, so you might be able to talk, you know, if we're not getting all these tech guys, um, you know, talk a little bit about the transfers that we are getting. You know, ask you from – um, Kentucky, right? And then uh, the the big one was um, the Utah kid, right? Allen? Yeah. Yeah, Tim the Tool Man. Well, Tim Allen. Yeah, he's Timmy Allen. So, uh, Timmy Allen is the big one by far. He's a two-time All-Pac-12 player. He was first-team All-Pac-12 last year. He averaged 17.5 points, five boards, four assists, one-and-a-half steals. He's not a perimeter-oriented player. He, he, he He's not even – he's more of like a Barnes player, you know what I mean? Or or like someone who would play for, um, well, any team that 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 uh, focuses on, hey, we can miss shots and we'll go get offensive rebounds. He scores from inside the paint, from mid-range, at the rim, goofy-looking shot, but a good free-throw shooter, a good scorer, and – He's one of the top three or four guys who was available in all of the country to transfer. He's a he's a really big get. He's going to start and play a lot of minutes from day one. As for Askew, he he is the big boomer bust guy for us. Here here's I'll give you I'll give you the reasons to 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 be optimistic and pessimistic about him. The reason to be optimistic is this: he reclassified. He was originally going to graduate this year in 2021, 
but he reclassified to 2020 and went to Kentucky as a 17-year-old. Point guard is the toughest position to transition to from high school to major D1. I mean, it's really not even close. And if you're a 17-year-old going to Kentucky, you're kind of up against it, you know. So uh, the reason to be optimistic is to say he's still very young. He's been humbled. He's probably not thinking of himself as a one-and-done anymore. We could. He, he was a top 40. He was a high four-star when he committed to Kentucky. The reason to think it might not work and he might just be a bit player is he was bad at Kentucky. There is no <laughs> other way to put it. He was bad. Kentucky fans, their attitude towards him is our attitude towards Shaka. Completely, they are like, good riddance. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. So why do we so, give him a scholarship? We need to fill the roster with bodies. So I am perfectly happy to have a guy who 18 months ago, 12 months ago, was thought of quite highly. Uh, and, and, and we'll see what ends up happening with him. All right. So there's 33 games in each uh, men's basketball season. We're going to put something on the line. It's not a ban, but one of you after next season is going to have to wear some some flair on your uh, avatar. I'm going to put like a tortilla, some type of hat on your avatar. (laughs) Tortilla Tortilla would be be for slorch and we can figure out what we're going to do. Dirka dog. A Dirka dog. dog There you go. If he gets, whoever's closer. Right. And this is on tape. So we're going to know. So 33 games. What are we predicting the record in 2022? Slorch, you go first. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I'll go 24 and nine. Oh, shit. Okay. Strong. That's well, strong. I will love that. <laughs> Dirk, I hope you bet higher. Fuck it. <laughs> I will say, I don't want to hedge here. Uh, 20 and th- 20 and 13. And I'm thinking between eight and ten, and ten and eight in the conference. What? Uh, so we need it from both of y'all too. What happens in the tournament? How far? This one's just bonus points if you guys yeah. somehow are both off by infinity. Games. If 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 we make it round of thirty two, we'll win one game. If we, but I'm not. I the, we're off to a hell of a start with the guys we brought in. But we got to fill out this roster some more. So if we make it round of 32. As Sounds of like pussy shit to my me. My owner but, is shrinking. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> just fucking flicked my ball sack, Durka. Thanks. <laughs> so if they if he ends up 24 and 9, it's probably a 3 or 4 seed-ish. I'll go sweet 16. Boy. Wow. For optimism. Slurk, getting, I mean, Slurk representing. Hey. Yes. Bring on the tortilla then. Give me the tortilla. I want the tortilla. Yeah, hey, if anybody neg reps Slurch whenever yep. we at him in these posts, Fuck you. you guys are fucking assholes. That's right, man. And then PM Turka. Yeah. Just, just remember the, the team you're going to see the first five to ten games yep. is not going to be what you see at the end of the season. Yep. Beard works his ass off coaching. Yep. That's a, and I mean, that's a fact. last season, people were pissed off that we barely beat, uh, ready for this one, Abilene Christian. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were raising hell. And he's like, uh, y'all need to pay attention. That's a really good team we played. And But the team got better progressively. And part of that's from the roster churn. And But he – he works his ass off when it's not game day. All right. Any final thoughts from either of you? Um, we're going to get those. About then... how he stole your fucking coach, Slorch. 
Wait, that, so I guess a question, yeah. now that you brought it up. We got to know. How do you feel? No, but how do you feel about the replacement hire? Oh, yeah. I am pleased. Um, he is West Texas through and through. To, to uh, full disclosure, when I was in seventh grade, I went to Mark Adams basketball camp at Wayland <laughs> Baptist. So life has kind of come full circle a little yeah. bit. Um, I only played basketball through about ninth grade, so football was it for me. I am happy with it. He, I like his uh, – he signed Barrett Peavy or Peary as the as his assistant head coach uh, from Portland State. Um, he kind of has an offensive focus, uh, which complements Adams' uh, defense. You know, everyone calls him the mastermind, or at least in tech, in tech circles. And Dirk and I were tr- kind of talking about this before y'all got on. Uh, the tech boards are interesting. It's either, hey, we just dumped David Lee Roth and we're going to be just as good with Sammy Hagar, or the other end of the spectrum is we're never going to win a game again and it's all Chris Beard's <laughs> fault. Um, so it's, it's a lot of uh, – Stock tanks. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's but, right. Uh, <laughs> they also signed today – uh, dog food to feed the catfish. <laughs> that guy, whoever – I forget that post. Last in basketballs. Doyle Hartley. so fucking funny. <laughs> but uh, we still have Sean Sutton as an assistant, and, and uh, today they got a, a Corey Williams, who was part of the Arkansas program. Um, so he's building a, a good – staff that kind of complements his abilities i'm cautiously optimistic what about the roster i mean what where are y'all next year you guess the ut record what, what do you guess the tech record is because y'all don't do y'all have a player still i, I don't <laughs> i don't i don't know so you got our coach you didn't take our roster yeah, yet um we have uh we, we still have plenty of good players and it's still inter- it'll still be interesting to see how the transfers work out um, that's going to be a big part of it. We have zero commits as far as incoming freshmen um, because thank you for uh, him, by the way. Thank you for Tyson. Yeah. Yes. So Tyson was the only one. We did we did get a flip from USC. His name is KJ Allen. He's a former three star recruit. Oh, he's on Last Chance um, U. Yes, yes, that is him. Uh, so we're hoping for and maybe he'll play bigger, kind of like Marco Santos Silva did, kind of play bigger than he really is, but. I don't know record. I mean, even with Beard, we had we didn't have that great a regular season record because it was never that wasn't as big of a deal. I don't know if we have a. I don't know exactly how many games we have. If it's thirty three, I would go. I don't know seventeen and sixteen. There you go. Maybe about. Yeah. Maybe about eight and ten. Eight and ten in conference. Ouch. Sounds like a Shaka Smart special for sure. Shaka Smart yeah, special. that's a Shaka. Hey. Saying that you guys lost Chris Beard and you hired Shaka Smart. Yeah, but congratulations, old, old man Shaka Smart. Yeah, the without like the recruiting acumen and like <laughs> the hair, I guess. <laughs> I would say it's a very different starting point from where UT is. So that that's the difference for hey, me. Hey RGB, you brought up last chance you and Prince eBay said something. He posted it on his Instagram recently that cracked me up. He said, hey, Coach Smart and the coach from Last Chance You definitely read the same coaching book. Oh, for sure. It looks and, and they look with the to ball. Hear that, exactly, yeah. To hear that from a guy who actually played for Smart. Like if you yeah. if anyone out there hasn't watched the show, great season. Just yeah. go 
what literally within five minutes of seeing this coach, you're going to be laughing your ass off thinking about that quote because you're basically watching like a it's as if they hired this guy to play Shaka Smart. Like they're the same dude. It's the energy, the jumping up and down, the 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 he's more involved in practice than his players are, the quotes, the platitudes. It's very entertaining. Yeah, it was a good it was a good season. It, uh, so for those that don't know, last chance you normally it's about, you know, a junior college uh football. This last season was about basketball. Uh meanwhile, I've literally just finished it last night. It was really great. It was a really great show. We were super excited for it. And then uh, I'm not going to spoil the finale for you, so I'll give you five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. They ended basically the entire fucking thing got canceled because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, yeah. <laughs> it was like right at the fucking end. We're we like, we're going to win it all. Like we've, you know, we've developed emotional bonds about these guys. This is these the players. coach's big hurdle. His yeah. one hurdle is he can't win it all. The whole season is about. And then the they're all the fucking bots to go to the championship, and they're like, yeah. "Hey guys." Uh, turns out this there's this thing that's it's like it the shit's shit's legit. Ruby Rudy Gobert touched a bunch of microphones and we gotta shut this bitch down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so my question to my question to y'all, you have free tickets to any road game for UT next year. Where would you want to uh, go? Anywhere but Lubbock, because I've been in Lubbock, Texas before and I don't want to go there. I'd go I'd go to the tech game. That's gonna I'd be go amped. To, yeah, that's, that's gonna be amped. It will be amped. It would be badass. Yeah, and and everybody that's listening buy scout the fuck out of all the tickets yeah all listen the the tech game is the easy answer and it would have been my answer any other year uh but next year for me would definitely be the kansas game because it's personal to me i have a, a kid a former student of mine my family and his family are very close um I guess you could say I'm a former coach of his, somewhat of a mentor of his. And uh, some of the people on the board are going to be familiar with him by now. His name's KJ Adams. He's currently playing lacrosse at Westlake High School. But next year, he'll be playing basketball for Bill Self in Kansas. And he is an amazing kid from an amazing family. He comes from amazing stock. He's the easiest kid to root for. When they come to Austin throughout his career, I hope he gets 20 and 20, and I hope Texas wins the game. But uh, everyone should know right now that I'm going to be the biggest K.J. Adams fan as as far as UT fans go. Um, but like I said, that being said, you know, Kansas can fuck off and lose. I just want <laughs> to go himself. Yeah. Eat a dick. <laughs> Something we can all agree on. Even Slorch can agree on. Suck a dick. KJ can fuck us. I hate KJ can do Kansas. well, but Kansas can fuck off. And You're always going to get bent over. Uh, well, hey, we, we took their coach, too. We took one of Kansas's coaches, too. That's so they're going to have to deal with that, man. We're going to start getting there with you. Take the referee. Hey, look, if if Malagy starts locking down the DFW for Texas and Jarence Howard is working the national scene and we've got uh, uh, Rodney Terry working Houston, I mean, shit, partner. We should be recruiting just like we have been for the last 20 years, if not better. So You'd think so. <laughs> we're going to find out. All right, guys. Well, it's been awesome. Thank you both for coming on and giving your unique perspective, both from the tech side and from the Texas side. We have no idea what the fuck we're talking yeah, about. We, we don't just know like to talk shit yeah. about basketball. <laughs> you guys clearly know what's up. Yeah. Thanks for having we'll us. Do it. I had a good time, as always. I was hoping your show has not jumped the shark going from Nate Boyer to Fortune Durka. Durka. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> steady decline. But it's hey. all downhill from here, buddy. Hey, we got we got a big guest coming on, so y'all be listening to that uh, here here shortly. You're gonna get some FaceTime next to this guy, and you're gonna really enjoy it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, right guys, on. y'all take Hook care. Hook them. All right, guys, hook them. So coming off of that great interview with the the two resident basketball nerds on the board, we've got to talk about something that's really really sad, but is also pretty cool at the same time. So DMX has passed away at age 50, but the the response around all of this, oh, oh, X going, oh no, that's exhibit, isn't it? X going to give it to you? No, no. Is it? That's, yeah, that's oh, DMX. CMX. Okay. Tells you how much I know my DMX. I know party up in here. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's, he's a legend, you know, he's going to, He's going to live on in everybody's heart. You know, nobody dies until they forget you the last time. And, and DMX is going to really live on in a lot of people's lives. He was a crazy motherfucker. If you did yeah. not follow like who he was and how he came up in the rap game and. Oh, oh, <laughs> I'm a dog. Yeah. The, uh, uh, so in, in, in my household, in the RGB three household, uh, we have a tradition at Christmas and uh, the only version of Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer gets played is the DMX version of him swinging. What? Yeah. <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer. <laughs> I love how he's doing the beat himself. Yeah. too. He's just like, just rocking out to that beat and yeah. just going. Hey, every now and then you just got to rap to, to, to root off the red nosed reindeer and yeah you just gotta love it so here's cheers to dmx cheers dmx yeah pour, pour a little beer yeah. out for dmx little 40 you know it's not a 40 but might as well be but and for those listening this is actually the first ever live episode of the surly horns podcast uh we are live from rgb3's airbnb here in austin texas um, and we're just going to shotgun beers until we pass out um, while whilst recording. <laughs> yeah, we just uh, w- right before we started recording, we shotgun beers. You'll find that in the thread with yep. the, the video. And um, we need that thread. Somebody else needs pick to post in this thread. You guys yeah. got to pick it up. You guys are leaving us hanging. You're slacking. You yeah, know, I'm got to practice for football season. Yeah, there's only so much that I can do before my wife just really starts to get mad at me. So <laughs> the, the the kitchen shotguns, I'm sure she would not appreciate. So I'm just going to keep it outdoors at the Airbnb. Um, and I just need y'all to you know reciprocate. That's all we're asking. So other news that's happening right now is... Obviously, the Masters was this weekend. Yep. It was beautiful, except for the Saturday, where yep. uh, it actually didn't disrupt. It wasn't as disruptive as people thought it was no. going to be. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was a couple hours, I yeah. guess. Yeah, but Speed showed out, you know, top. Yeah, I think he finished third, right? Third. Yeah, yeah third. Two strokes behind. Yeah, um, that's not it's bad. Just, you know, that's two of them bogeys. That first whole bogey on Sunday. Killed him. Uh, whenever he, he was on the tee box. Yeah. I was just like sending good vibes and I was like, yep, starting off strong. And then somebody was like, this post aged well. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, it's for me, it's just nice to see Spieth being back in contention alone where it's like, hey, I can pay attention to him now. It's sad that he was a main storyline. And we talked about it on the last podcast, how and it actually was the back to back masters that yeah. he oh, tanked yeah, on. You're right. And, you know, since then, between like one, you know, whatever, not a major, just a tournament that he won. It had been over a thousand days since he had won a tournament. It's crazy. Let alone a major. And so to win a tournament and come off of that win and then have a, an incredible showing at the Masters. 
I think Jordan Speed's back. He's a force to be reckoned with. We're going to see him win a major yep. sooner rather than later. For sure. The next one. Fuck it. All gas, no brakes. He knows. <laughs> so, it's, hey, speaking of golf, um, you know, I don't I don't know how many golf listeners there are um, that follow Longhorn Golf, but um, Pearson Cootie uh, is the number one ranked amateur golfer in the entire fucking world. So um, it's Pearson, and then he has his twin on the team, Parker. So Pearson and Parker Cootie. Pearson's number one amateur golfer in the entire world. Their granddad actually won the master. I think his name's Charles Cootie. Uh, like, I think they, I think he won the Masters in like 1973 or some shit. Uh, but either way, I mean, big stuff coming. So if it's not Spieth winning it, hopefully these Cootie brothers can give us something to root for in the years to come. Yeah, and congratulations where congratulations are due. Yep. Hideki Matsuyama, first Japanese born and uh, hardly speaks English, dude, yep. to win <laughs> the Masters. Congratulations to him, to the country of Japan, to everybody that loves uh, anime and tentacle porn. <laughs> like, congratulations to all of you. I'm sure that you're celebrating, but he's going to, you know that they say that the Masters win. It's it's different for everybody, right? Yeah. You win the purse and that's right. That's yeah. right. You know, whatever it is. And that's not questionable. But for everybody else, depending on the sponsorships or how many other majors you've won or what country you're from, it really depends how much the Masters is, is worth to your career. Right. And they are estimating that the Masters win for Hideki Matsuyama is $200 million. Holy shit. That's Godzilla money right that's there. That's Godzilla Gozira. money. Yeah, that's Godzilla <laughs> money. I mean, that is, uh, that's big money. Um yeah, I, I thought it was a cool moment when his caddy kind of bowed to the 18th flag, too, at the end. I thought that was badass. And I had money on Matsuyama, so that was great to see. You know, yeah, I, I had him. He didn't win $200 million, but it is it, pretty it was, close. Yeah, it was totally close. That's 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 <laughs> usually the RGB3 standard bet is 200 million, but, you know, <laughs> I kept it low. I only put a million on him at 50 to 1. Well, you so. kept putting Mattress yeah. Mac to shame over there. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, suck it, Mattress Mac. Yeah, you don't even know what, <laughs> what's going on in my, on my Matsuyama Masters bets. <laughs> All right, so speaking of Mattress Mac, natural transition into baseball. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The Hispanic Titanic. <laughs> I mean, he's not graduated yet, but holy shit, I want that guy on the podcast. Uh, yeah, he has to. Um, seven home runs in six games is absurd. That is that is absurd. Nobody should be able to do that. That's Barry Bonds type shit. I mean, he's they're they're getting after it too. And you wanted to fire David Pierce at the beginning of the season. They started out zero and three. And how dumb do I look? Yeah, I hey. mean, they're playing some good baseball. Bats are, are clearly on. They're they're yep. pitching well. It's a uh, I mean, it's exciting. I mean, it could be a World Series. Yeah, but You're, I mean, yeah, not no cloakroom. Yeah, you know, this is not a cloakroom. Oh God. <laughs> but the NCAA is considering not playing any regional games in that regional format for the world. Oh, Series really? I didn't see that in, in places where theoretically transgender athletes would feel uncomfortable or unwelcome, Whoa. but not baseball because there's no transgender. There's no chicks. There's no softball players like hanging out with the baseball dudes and stuff. But, uh, apparently that, that, that statement came out and, uh, wow. I hadn't heard that. We're gonna and see some weird stuff. Where's this tournament gonna be? You know, do it in Austin. Austin's beautiful. Austin's so. <laughs> beautiful. But you know, Texas, we've got that bathroom rule. Oh shit! I, do, I, I posted and I said I feel safe 
you know, peeing sitting down, looking at the toilet now. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Nobody's going to come up behind me in, in there and do some weird stuff. Well, they might. They might still. <laughs> oh, so uh, what else is going on in the world right now? So we have a little thing called spring practice, and we have somebody on this podcast that wrote an entire article about said practice. Um, and I blacked out. I, yeah. don't, I don't remember. And, anything. And, and the other, the other one's just lazy as fuck. So yeah, let's let the active one talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So for some of you that didn't um, follow in the spring practice thread, we were joking about how the nine ninety fivers are just given tidbits that are make absolutely no sense. They're just making stuff up. They're just taking the media availability questions and then, twisting them around and uh, doing 995 or shit, right? And so the article preceding in the football section is actually an article written by you, RGB3, yep. where it says, 995ers, I'm onto your shit. I'm onto your shit. I still am onto your shit. I know all your shit. <laughs> so, so I was like, you know what? Fuck these guys. I can write better than all of these people. And what I did is, you know, I, I took a look at what was going on in spring practice. And, you know, big thanks to Matchinator for basically being a bot and posting all the the Texas football Twitter and relevant things in that thread. It made it really easy for me to summarize. Go give that a read, but I'm going to summarize it real quick. Basically spring practice. We're hitting motherfuckers really, really hard. It is a very physical style of practice, even in the spring practice. And on top of that, whenever we have media availability, it is very common threads for each one of the players. They all talk about this staff and the program and the direction things are headed in different ways. But there's this common thread where there's something stronger than trust in, in what the coaches are building here. And I talk about, you know, that they're building faith from the team in the Longhorn program right now and whenever i start to see that and when i start to think about that it's been a really long time since i've had faith in the longhorns to just win right i've always been very skeptical i've been like man tom herman he's gonna find a way to fuck this yeah, up sugar bowl was what was Turtle well t- yeah time. i mean yeah, sugar, sugar bowl, bowl i thought that georgia like i mean Georgia was like trying to make a comeback and I was like, Oh no, here we go. And like the (laughs) the doubts started seeding in my head. Yeah. And what it seems like is with this program, there's absolutely no doubt um, in, in people's mind, the player's mind, the coach's mind. It's investment. I think is the biggest thing for me. It seems like investment and, and any 995 or article you see, or, you know, obviously I'm a max article that you see, you know, it's of course, Twitter, um, it's, it's investment, not only in the program, but the coaching philosophy and the, um, you know, the overall atmosphere it's investing there, you know, th- it, it seems like they fucking want to be there. Yeah. They're know? bringing in all the old players and you know, that, that was actually was our, that's our most liked tweet and most <laughs> looked at tweet of all time Yeah, is whenever I retweeted Texas football's video with Jermichael Finley, Lamar Houston, like the biggest People names, that be the there. biggest names. And they're all talking about how, man, this is different, right? It's really yeah. good to be back, but invigorating that energy yeah. into the program is building this burnt orange cathedral is what it, I called it. it for sure. And it's exactly what beard wanted as well. That was the first thing he said in his presser. He's like, I want to bring the burnt orange family back together and getting Kevin Durant, TJ Ford and, you know, Marcus Aldridge and those guys involved. I was like, yeah, do the same thing on the football side. Why wouldn't you? I mean, they're 
I mean, what what's the Super Bowl streak? Like we've had, you know, players in the Super Bowl for the past, I don't know, Forever. 30 fucking years. Forever. It's like bring those guys back. Lamar Houston is a name, you know, it might not be the biggest name in the NFL, but it's a name guys know. And do you think somebody recruiting a Jatavian Sanders wants to hear something from Lamar Houston, who's played in the NFL like 10 years? You bet your ass, you know, it's, it's, it's free advertising almost, you know, when you see these 18 year old kids, this is what they're paying attention to. They're not looking at college football. They're playing Madden. You know, they're playing Madden and they're seeing, you know, Malcolm Brown playing defensive tackle. You know, there, there's, you know, it's been a long time since we've had even an offensive player that you can kind of brag about. So to start putting guys in a league where it's like, oh, man, yeah, I want to, you know, run in Madden because the Eagles have Bijan Robinson or some shit. I'm surprised your Michael Finley doesn't have like six kids on the team. Yeah, he's got right? like 32 kids. Some of them got to be 18 now. Hey, a matter of time. <laughs> Instant commits. That's like uh, like Mark Henry, the wrestler. If y'all haven't seen yet, I think he's like a 2026 or like something t- defensive tackle. But it's Mark Henry. It's the world's strongest man. Like, yeah. yeah, just give the kid a scholarship. I don't care how old he is. I don't care what he does. Just give the kid a scholarship. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so and one thing that is really, really shitty um, and I need a press pass of some kind, yes, or I need one. something where somebody sends me some of this film, yeah. like that that tweet or that Snapchat from oh Jadon Blue, where he and he definitely is getting film. I guess when you're a recruit, yeah, they, they should be, be able some to film or something. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we just need to be recruits. Maybe yeah, we just need I, to be eighteen year old studs up <laughs> yeah. and and get. Uh, an offer so i can get hey, some film we can be nate boyer we can be we yeah. can start long snapping and we'll go. get film yeah so <laughs> if you haven't watched that clip of Bijan robinson breaking off that was a 65, 65 yard 70 he didn't score a touchdown but yeah. he cut so it, he shot the the b gap yeah uh and then cut back immediately and then juked some guy broke his ankles and then just cut left Yep. On the field, ran to the other sideline, cut it up, and then got hit and knocked out of bounds at yep. like the eight. Schooler, it, by the way, a former wide receiver, Brandon Schooler hit him, which, you know, that's impressive in itself. So he's playing safety now. But yeah. I uh, mean, it's one cut. One it's cut. Crazy. It's, it's and like then instant top speed. It's smoke through a keyhole is exactly what, like, that was immediate. my immediate thought when I saw it. It was crazy. So it was decent blocking at the start. Jake Majors had a fucking terrific, it was basically like he blocked two or three guys in the exact same play. But Bijan's so quick, and he just ha- it's, he's instinctive. Whenever I saw that play, it reminded me of Arian Foster. Uh, you know, when I, Arian Foster to me was never the fastest guy. He was never the strongest guy. He, he had the best instincts and vision I've ever seen of any running back, where he knew where the hole was going to be. He knew how to cut it. He knew when to cut it. That video was insanity. I thought you were crazy for your 1,600 yards. 1,700. Let's oh, go. Man, 1700. it's crazy. So uh, Sarkeesian is not giving the media much, uh, mainly because they also suck at asking questions. So get me a press yes. pass because I can ask way better questions than fucking good Chip job, Brown. Kirk Bowles, yeah, you Good bitch. job, Kirk Bowles. Asking stupid questions yeah. like, 
oh, do you think that the quarterbacks that you have need to be taught? Or is that like a thing, philosophy that you... And he's like, dude, you can throw the football or you can't. (laughs) Do you think football is good? Yeah. Yeah. We moved away from the leather helmets. Do you think there are going to be more injuries? Because everybody's trying to ask weird questions. Like, there's no way that Sark is going to tell you who he's favoring. No. He's going to tell you that both QBs are doing really well. Looking good. They're looking good. It's coach speak. They need to not be robotic. Yeah. Why does he want to... Why does he want to let anybody know who the starter is yeah. right now? It's so early. Even, yeah, even, I mean, why would you tell them, even leading up to the game, even if we know, like, why would we tell, you know, Lafayette, ooh la la, who has a great fucking coach and a good, decent program, like, why are we just going to be like, oh, yeah, we're starting Hudson Card so they can start preparing for him? Like, fuck that. And then they're all like, you know, there's all kinds of conflicting information, like they were sitting in the bleachers watching practice, where they talk about, oh, Hudson Card's the one throwing all the picks and... Casey yeah. Thompson's not throwing any picks, and it turns out that neither of them, no, yeah. neither of them's throwing picks, and it's the third stringer guy that yeah. they're giving like team two reps for. And and what's really interesting though is he is giving tidbits uh, from a philosophy perspective, um, and he did say he likes to have ones versus ones um, a lot more than he likes to have ones versus twos because it's too hard for him, especially this early in the process for him to, to really understand what he's got from a player perspective, if he isn't having them go up against the best defenders. Um, so that was really interesting. Something that came out of some of the media availability, but most everything in there, uh, it's a lot of coach speak. It's good. Um, gets you kind of fired up, but I think the questions are, are pretty weak and, and we're not really getting much information. So super stoked about the spring game coming up. You know, we're nine, yep. we're nine spring practices deep. Yep. We've had nine or 10 as of today. And um, April 24th, we've got the, the orange and white game. And uh, fucking this, <laughs> this neighborhood is super sketchy. Yeah. Um, we might get murdered. Y'all are listening to the the first ever live podcast murder <laughs> in this area. Yeah, we have to shotgun another beer. Yeah. So, um, but if you can... Try and make it out to that game, especially if you're vaccinated. You know, yep. Crystal Conti says second shot next Friday, baby. Get there's vaccinated, baby. Yep. But uh, all right. Um, coming off of spring football. All right. Now that you're at my stomping grounds, not my backyard, this backyard. <laughs> I mean, it's a cool backyard. It's pretty solid. It's but a it's, solid Airbnb. Shit's kind of sketch around here. Buddy. Hey, you know what? I, they did it right. So uh, I don't know what this property address is, but. Um, we got it for cheap as shit because we're here on a Wednesday. It's Wednesday, Wednesday through Friday kind of deal. Um, they, it's like $1,100 on the weekends. But This place has 16 beds. I've witnessed it with my own eyes. Beds. This place has 16 beds. You guys saw the shotgunning. There's like Instagram photo op oh. walls like all over the it's it's like a place bachelorette paradise. Yeah, it's a place made for bachelor and bachelorette parties, possibly joint yeah. because there's four of these conjoined that each have like 15 or 16 beds. It's crazy. It's like, it's so it's a do it's two duplexes next to each other with a pool in the back grill in the back. And then they got, um, 16 beds in our one. I've it's me and four of my sales reps. There's five of us here. And, and not only I could sleep in a different bed every single night I'm staying here and still never sleep in the same bed. All of us good. It's wild. But, the neighborhood um, that it's in but is yeah. also 
But if you like crack, you could also buy crack. So it's really so. weird. So there's um, a gas station down the way that we're not. We're just going to do whatever that is. Uh, Drizzly. Or if we run out of beer, we're not going to the corner nope, store. We're not going to the corner um, store. Because the corner store right now, I know it's COVID and stuff. And this is like hashtag no racist. But there are people that are wearing like uh, the... the toboggans or ski masks or whatever they are the the gators gators yeah Yeah, but they were wearing gators but they were also wearing (laughs) gators before (laughs) if you know what i'm saying it is uh there is a very nice and high fence and gate around here nobody's Um, scaling that thing yeah nobody's scaling that thing um but you know knock on wood advantages (laughs) advantages it is in one of the coolest hot spots in east austin Yep. So it is actually a short Uber ride or drive away from some of the coolest restaurants in Austin. And so now that you are in Austin and I mean, you haven't lived here since you graduated or did you live here for a little bit? after? Yeah. So I lived here from 2010 to like 2011 and then before moving back to Houston. Um, so I lived here a little so completely bit. Completely different of, place. Yeah. Yeah. So I lived here off of Slaughter. Um, so South South Austin, you know. I lived with his mom, South Austin's mom. Yeah, but, South Austin's mom. She's, yeah. a, she's a great lady. Nice lady. Nice lady to everybody, if you ask. Um, so, yeah. So, I lived here for a little bit. And, you know, me and my wife got to explore some some scenes. Um, you know, obviously, you went to Matt's El Rancho yesterday, which is obviously a great spot. Incredible. It was the 50th anniversary of the Margarita Machine. So, I was like, man, where should I go get a great frozen margarita out of a machine to commemorate such a moment and i have Can't go a, wrong yeah i have a house in zilker and i was like fuck it i'll go to matt's because <laughs> matt's has insane margaritas and you know what threw me for a loop bob armstrong dip i haven't had it in a while and i always have really fond memories of bob armstrong dip yeah. but i've had lots of queso since the last time i've had bob armstrong dip well, it socks off it is incredible and it comes <laughs> out like immediately oh yeah but it's it's uh it's not runny at all, but it's yeah. the perfect temperature, and it like sticks to your chip. That's what you got to look for. It's it's where it's liquid, but it's not just runny. Yeah, that's it's the consistency. Consistency makes queso. You need two things with queso. You need the good consistency, where it's you can dip it, and it's not gonna fucking break your chip off, and it's not gonna just run straight off your chip. And then you need the spice to it as well. You know, you got to have enough, you know, pico de gallo in there to where it's you're getting that good flavor. Um, and you know, th- really, I mean, like I said, you can do fucking Velveeta and Rotel. You, you don't really need that quality of cheese. It's all about the other stuff that goes in there. Everything's fresh made in house oh, yeah. at Matt's. Um, but shout out to uh, big swing and D for stopping by. He would not let me buy him a margarita. He, in fact, he bought me two and my lunch and he refused to let me pay. Hey, next so, time, wait till I'm in town. Um, so <laughs> that there's a lesson in the story for RGB three. Yeah. So go, everybody go give him some pause rep. He's only got 200. Yeah. Yeah. You need to start posting more, bro. Yeah. Come on. Just put your ideas out there. I'm sure they're awful because everybody else's are. So yeah, if future man can have 10,000 rep, there's no reason why you can only have 200. All right. So getting back to the question at hand. Yep. Oh, and I think we should do this uh, a two ways. So one, what was your favorite restaurant when you left? Yep. And then two, what restaurant has intrigued you the most that you've seen on the internet now that you're back in town? So I'm going to have a couple random ones. 
So there is, I'm not a huge sushi guy, but there's a place called Sushi Zushi um, that I've been a couple times here. Um, and they have a single roll. It's called the um, Raging Cajun Roll. And it sounds is fucking it horrendous. Is it crawfish? Yes, it's uh, crawfish. Yeah. It's fried crawfish. So it's from China. Yeah, of course, oh, absolutely. In a bag yeah. that came in like for sure. the evergreen. Yeah, and for sure. Stuck in, in yeah. Because we're definitely not land. You know, it's definitely not a landlocked city right here. But yeah, so there. So it's fried crawfish in a seaweed roll with um, rice, and they have melted Monterey Jack cheese on top of it, which sounds fucking horrendous. Once like I'm dripping, dipping Monterey Jack cheese in soy sauce. It is incredible. Uh, so I had that, I guess, last time I was up here in Austin. Um, otherwise, I'm, I'm a standard guy. You know, I love pizza at, at Home Slice. I love pizza at Pint House. Um, fantastic. Um, I'm, I think I'm probably going to order that tonight or tomorrow. Electric Jellyfish is yep. the most ridiculous beer. You know, Electric Jellyfish costs, you know, it's like $8 a pint at Pint House Pizza. Yeah. But it's also like eight or nine dollars a pint at the gas station anywhere yeah anywhere yeah you can get a four pack yeah for like 30 bucks but uh pine house pizza does have the best jalapeno ranch i've ever had in my entire life they got like the real jalapenos in there that shit is good um i'm a pluckers guy wings are my favorite food i love fucking wings so yeah uh pluckers even though now it's basically everywhere in the world I still love it. I think we've talked already at length about Vampire Killer and and the Goshu Zhang and all that. So, um, man, what else do I just love from Austin? I mean, really, you just can't just walk into a restaurant and you get a bad meal. No mention of BBQ. I'm so disappointed. Oh, yeah. I'm so, so disappointed. So that's an entire podcast we could talk about. So I'm a big Terry Black's guy. I know Terry Black. I mean, if you're going for pure quality I'm a Franklin guy. I, I try to yeah, mimic best in the world. Uh, it's it's, it's the it is. It's the best in the world because it's the best in the world. Yeah, but but the experience is dog shit. Yeah. And the experience you is absolute dog. Aaron Franklin, if you're listening, you need to fucking fix your experience because I get it. It was real cool to have a line and do all this fucking yeah. you know, celebrity bullshit that you did. Once you got a brick and mortar, it was also kind of cool to like camp out for a little bit. It's been fucking six years, bro. Just open Just another get one. Get some fucking cutters. Get some cutters like Rudy's up in that bitch. Something. You're going to sell the same fucking amount of barbecue. You're not, you're not pulling it off at different times. Salt Lake's doing the shit. Like Salt Lake was the name for a while. And now it's like, okay, Franklin, like, so I've, I've been to Franklin's twice now and it's, it's fantastic. It's, I mean, it's, it's absolutely it's worth it's the best brisket I've ever had. Yeah. It's the best brisket I've ever had. But if you told me at Thursday at noon, like, Hey, you want oh, to go get some barbecue? I'm going to go to Mickelplates. Yeah. I'm going, yeah. I'm going to Terry Black's. I'm going to go to Terry Black's by uh, Barton Creek. And I'm just going to be able to walk straight in there. There might be four people in front of me and I'll just get a delicious beef rib or brisket and some jalapeno cheese sauce. I'll be perfect. Cause it was like you said on our Pinkerton podcast, when you're grading things, or uh, I guess it was an eight board podcast where you're grading things where it's like, okay, cool. Franklin's is a hundred, but I can just walk straight up and get 94 out of a hundred from Terry blacks. So and like those beef ribs are not fucking around. Those are fantastic. And I love the barbecue. I mean, I mean, it, so for me, can't, I'm going to, I'm going to hijack here. Yeah. So I am a huge fan of all kinds of food in Austin, Facts. but 
I do think that Austin happens to have one of the best Chinese barbecue places I've ever eaten in my fucking life, hands down. It's this place up north. Um, it's literally under 183. You know, it's like yeah. it's up there. And it's called Din Ho Chinese Barbecue. And you walk in and to your left, this is the ambiance. Yeah. On your left, there's just a bunch of hanging duck carcasses that yes. have been smoking. I'm already in. And then <laughs> on the right, you just see family style seating with lazy Susans. Oh, as far as man. you can see. And so the only way that you order here is from people that barely speak any English. Yes. And they just bring you a gigantic pot of rice. They bring you a chopped up duck or a chopped up pork ribs or, oh I mean, and it, so favorite order for takeout there is the barbecue duck fried rice. Hands oh down. God. One of the best things I've ever put in my mouth. That sounds incredible. So I'm a huge, any kind of Asian barbecue, Korean barbecue might be my favorite food on the planet besides wings. Korean barbecue, when you get like the legit one where the fire in front of you, where you're laying strips of beef out. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm going to have to check this place out. That sounds absolutely incredible. Maybe that's what you order tomorrow mm -hmm. for the crew. I think that I think that might be where we're going. So they were they were hoping for um, yellow rose. So we might. I think it's, I think um, it's steak and shrimp night of the yellow so rose. If um, pole assassin, pole assassin, uh, come on next the pod. time. Next time, I had a dream about this. I'm not no shit, no shit. I'm, I'm not kidding. This is a no shit moment. I had a dream that we actually did this podcast, and somehow we got an in with pole assassin, and we did like the live podcast with pole assassin and she it. was like oh hold on it's it's my turn and then We're like throwing dollar bills. back and fucking join the podcast so we have to make that an actual reality have to it's that's the white whale you know that's i mean yeah <laughs> the white she, whale. she is not the white whale she is she is the the the, the chocolate assassin the but assassin. yeah she's, she's the, the pole, pole assassin. assassin um yeah she she has to come on the podcast she has to. I mean, it's 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 okay if it's not yellow rose. Yeah, right. It can be uh, something else. I don't you know, like expose or Palacios or you know, yeah. Perfect Ten or Ricks yeah. or. I mean, or I've just, been to all. I've been to all of them. I mean, I've been to all of them. Hey, uh, wife, stop listening right now at this podcast. So we're gonna cut it right here. Cut, and then we're gonna go on. So, or just come to RGB 3s uh, Airbnb, and we'll set up a poll. We'll buy one at Academy, and we'll we'll throw a poll in the middle, and you can just do your thing, poll assassin. We've we've seen your moves. Just just show the folks. Just put it out there for what they want, and then tell us who's gonna fucking start it tight end. Yes, because yeah, we know thing. that Jeff Banks is telling you yeah. all this kind of stuff. We will tip you extra if you bench Cade Brewer for us. Oh, for sure. Just cut him. Just actually let him continue on scholarship, but tell him thanks, but no thanks. Gunner Helm is in. Yeah, there it is. Hey, have you heard? I mean, Gunner, I, supposedly I, I'm, he's I'm good. telling you. Supposedly he's I'm looking good. You, namesake. Yeah. Uh, so, moving on from food, we talked a little bit about DMX and the legend that was. R.I.P. Forever R.I.P. Oh, oof. oof. So... Who's your favorite rapper of all time? So I'm a Houston guy. Always a Houston Was guy. Paul Wall? Uh, no. So Paul Wall, he's it. He's it. He's in there. I'm a big, big Mo guy. <laughs> big Mo is up there. A little purple stuff. Love purple stuff. A little city of syrup. Um, I was actually bo born in. What you guys can't see is RGB3 actually has a grill in right yeah. now. 
So, and that's why I said Paul Wall. Yeah. Like it was very clear that Paul Wall's the guy. Yeah, you know, just I just got some, uh, you know, I, just, I, I, I got some diamonds in my teeth, you know, diamonds in my grill. So, <laughs> yeah, more carrots and bug bunnies lunch. But I was born in Mo City, so love me a little Mo City Don. Uh, but yeah, Big Mo, um, UGK, Bun B, uh, basically any anybody from Houston. June twenty seventh, coming in hot. Uh, you know, that's always a national holiday in, in the RGB three household. Uh, if we're talking national, I love mystical. I love outcast. Outcast is up there. Mm, mystical is pretty good. That's strong. Oh yeah. Mystical is a good one. He fell off hard. I think he he went strong. He had a, he had a good run. Yeah. He went, he went to prison a little bit, but, uh, we're talking now. I love Kendrick Lamar is my favorite current rapper. Oh my God. His, uh, damn album fantastic and then for forever for me my favorite album of all time you know i'm a i love rap i love you know classic rock i love you know basically anything i love all kinds of music but i think my my favorite album bar none is college dropout by kanye west fantastic so good i just lost so much respect for you. oh hey i'm not a kanye guy but his college dropout album is fantastic i mean kanye's workout plan I, I, it's all so good so for me um, I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas, and there I don't. You, you don't. There's no rap there. There's no rap. There's a. I can't actually recall. Hey, wait, in a single uh, national Post, name, I think Post Malone is from like some, Plano or something. Yeah, Plano. Yeah, but yeah. that's not Fort Worth. No, no. Leon no. Bridges is from Fort Worth, but Leon he's Bridges. no he's no rapper. He's but no he's rapper, fantastic. But he's a really good musician. He's fantastic. But um, there's no rappers from Fort Worth, and there's not really anything from Dallas that I'm I'm really a huge Proud fan of. of or banging. <laughs> um, what I can say is because of that, I grew up listening more to the national rap scene. And I am an absolutely huge, huge fan of Dr. Dre. Dr. Dr. Dre is always oh, great. Just all that. Just, I'm a big Tupac guy. You he's know, a, any of the he's Cali a rap. master, master on the beats. And yeah. then just comes in and, but really like where I was going with that is like the best rapper of all time is Dylon, 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 because he spits hot fire. Spit hot fire. No, he sucks though. Fuck and fuck P. Diddy. Yeah. Sean, we'll call him Sean. Sean Puffy Cubs. I will say I'm a West Coast guy over an East Coast guy. I love, I love Tupac. Tupac I'm I'm a Tupac guy for sure. Hit him up is the greatest rap song that has ever been recorded. Nobody has ever. takes. Nobody has ever in two and a half minutes talked more shit to a person than hit him up. I mean, a, that was the intro for the shotgun. First that off, like fuck your end, bitch and the clicky claim West. I mean, at the end of that, the you know, we started off with basketball and then I had to end it up with Tupac hit him up because Shock Smart, you know, we talked about you yeah. earlier and, you know, we had this Marquette transfer, like this guy from Texas that was a commit. It was like, oh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm going to follow Chaka Smart. And it's like, Good what are luck, you doing, bro? bro? Yeah. What are you doing? You had a scholarship to the University of Texas. Hey, and guess what? I would never. I would be like, bitch, you signed the letter of intent. I'm getting a degree. Fuck off. In the words of Tupac, so I fucked your bitch, you fat motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Take money. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. no, I'm definitely a West Coast versus East Coast guy. Um Really, anything you know, old school. I'm not a big Drake guy. He has some decent stuff. He's from Col- he's not Colorado. He's from Canada. Canada. It doesn't count. He's Canadian. 
He got shot in the back in Degrassi in a, in a team. Oh, I thought you were going to say he actually got shot. I oh, was like, no, that guy's no. never been shot. Yeah, no, no. That guy's he never is, been. He's in, he's state, never, he he's in know, state farm He doesn't know how to load a gun. <laughs> he has no idea how to load a gun. Although that state farm commercial is actually pretty funny. Yeah. Um, I will give him. And Drake also puts out like scripted bangers. Like oh, they're yeah. just they're just really back good to back was badass. I don't know. Travis Scott and uh, that that. Uh, what was it? Freako mode or oh yeah, sicko mode. Sicko mode. Yeah, that was. You know, I like. I, Travis I just Scott. listened. I just listened to that song on repeat for like a week. Oh, that's the so only good. thing that I listened to. I told my wife to stop talking and like I've got <laughs> yeah, shut up. Gotta, I got to listen to sicko mode. mode one more time. One more. Yeah, let me do one more. Yeah, that that was Kendrick Lamar when he he brought out his damn album. Whenever uh, uh, DNA, I got, I got, I got, I got. I mean, that was that was unbelievable. It was so good, but yeah. If and if y'all know any other rappers, I'm I'm all ears. I like all kinds of music, and I would love to hear some more rap that's not just basically the '90s because that's basically all I fucking listen to '90s and 2000s. So we are basically at time for what we want to do because we've got a shotgun more beers. We have an entire fridge full of beers that we want to drink. We may. I don't think think there's going to be any breaking news tonight. We're in. Full swing of off season, and so yep. there is going to be absolutely nothing, pretty much, to talk about until shotgun spring beers. until until spring practice. Just shotgun and more beers. That's all we got to do. Yeah, <laughs> April twenty fourth. Mark it on your calendars. The podcast after that yep. going to be pretty legit. Hell yeah, hell yeah. We'll get somebody big on, and and yeah, we'll we'll definitely have a ton to talk about. That's for sure. All right, hook them, hook them. <laughs>